1: Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network.
0: The Colorado Avalanche have won the Stanley Cup. Raymond Barr, a dream, has come true. Featured ahead McKinnon racing and shoots and scores, Nathan McKinnon.
1: Residential scores. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I am your host, Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boley, as always. And it is another wonderful day in avalanche land. We've got two big wins to talk about with you all in just a little bit. A 4 nothing victory over the Dallas Stars and a 3-2 to victory over the Tampa Bay Lightning because this team just simply does not ever lose. Never. Ever, ever, ever. They just keep finding ways to win and they keep impressing me. Every single time they do it. But before we get to any of that, we have to fulfill our promise to you that we made last episode and we promised a bonus episode with Peter Ball of The Athletic. We did that interview and the plan was to release it on its own with like a little bit of a this intro and a little bit of an outro like we do for our normal stuff. But Peter is a very, very busy man and we thank him so very much for taking the time out of his busy schedule to even talk with us at all, but it just turned out to be a little too short to release on its own. So we're going to put it out with this episode to begin. We're going to get to that right now. And Christian is, of course it was with Peter, but just an outstanding interview.
2: Yeah. We had a good time. Uh, like you said, really thank Peter for hopping on with us. It was a uh, kind of a week of playing phone tag, seeing if we could work a time out and he carved out some time for us. So we really appreciate it. And uh, we hope y'all enjoy it.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, covers all your questions about the trade deadline, his personal thoughts on the team and just stuff from him that is much smarter than anything we have ever said. We'll put it like I'm that. And this it. and this interview comes on Thursday before the Tampa Bay game, so nothing of the sort brought up there. We are going to talk about that once that interview is done. About 15 minutes with Peter and again we thank him so very much for taking the time out of his busy schedule because Joe Sakic had a, a sudden press conference to do like very shortly after he was done with us so he he pushed himself to the limit time-wise even to get a moment with us so again thank you so much to Peter for coming on hope you guys enjoy the interview we will talk to you and talk about these two wins in just a moment and we are joined by one of our favorite guests here on the podcast Peter Ball of The Athletic joining us once again for the first time in a while Peter how's it going my man thank you so much for coming back on yeah, things are
0: well. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Yeah, it's been a, it's been it's been a very crazy season for the Avalanche so far. We're in the middle of our break right now playing the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight. So by the, by the time most of you are hearing this, we'll probably have the results for this one. But one of the things me and Christian have been talking about over the last couple of, of episodes I want to get your opinion on is this Avalanche team just feels a bit different than last year it feels like there's a little bit of a different attitude from everyone on this team here what what are your thoughts on what this team is compared to last year
0: yeah I mean I don't know last year's team was was really dominant too we saw stretches like the recent stretch where they had the the crazy record in January we we saw stretches like that last year too where they were on I don't remember how long their longest point streak was last year but it was a long point streak so I don't know if necessarily, I think there have been players who've said that things are different, but I also, I don't know. I think last year's team was a really elite team and this year's team is also really, really good. And I think it's the more bites of the apple you have as a franchise, the better, but I don't know if there's necessarily anything different in terms of the mentality. I think it's just maybe a little bit more experience and better production from guys like Naz and Kadri.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I've been really impressed with Nazem Kadri. What are your thoughts on the second line? Because we've talked about it on the show. Do you think there's a possibility at all that all three come back next year? Um, I mean,
0: I'm not going to rule out anything, but it's certainly going to be difficult with the, the cap space um, that the abs are projected to have and the amount of money that those players are going to command on an open market. Um, you look at all three of those guys, I believe, are having the best like points-per-game pace of their career, Kadri's obviously having a career year. Nachushkin's offense continues to develop and he's an elite defensive player. And Andre Berkovsky's uh, a little inconsistent, but when he's on, he's about as good a second liner as you'll find. And he's he's a really solid player. So those those guys are all going to cost a lot on the open market. So uh, I'm not, I wouldn't say anything's out of the question, but it's going to be very difficult to keep all three of those guys unless they really want to take – hometown discounts which doesn't necessarily seem like players do that a lot less often than fans think players will do that
2: yeah I never fault the players if they want more money because uh, they're the ones who are going to have to live with that money so (laughs) it sounds nice on paper but they need the money to live too so never fault players for that
1: totally yeah and we we look at the second line and the potential of the players that are departing and that kind of brings us to this trade deadline. And if this needs to be a a true all in year for the team, and you wrote a great piece today on the avalanches trade deadline situation with the salary cap, what what's the number one thing you think this team needs to be addressed at the deadline, if it's even anything at all.
0: Well, there's always holes you can fill, right? I mean, I think that, um, the goalie situation I think is maybe a little hard to mess with. I think you have two guys who are playing quite well right now. And, um, there's not, I know Marc-Andre Fleury is kind of the sexy name out there, but if you look at his numbers compared to Kemper's, that's, they're pretty similar. So you're going to, to get Fleury, you'd have to pay a lot for a guy who's had comparable production. And uh, was it, he didn't, I mean, he wasn't Vegas's goalie by the end of last playoffs. So it's, it's not, and you also have to wonder about if that would kill Kemper's confidence, like how that had the ripple effects of that. So I think maybe the move is maybe you pick up like a, a guy who can be your third string goalie, like a Craig Anderson that you could probably get for pretty cheap on a really, really cheap deal without giving up too much. Um, I, I think that the biggest thing question I have, the biggest thing I'm interested in is what this team would look like with added middle six forward depth. Because I think if you look at, um, if you look at the way Alex Newhook has played on the second line, this is a guy who can probably score at a higher rate if he's playing with higher level players. And, um, to no fault of anyone's really, he hasn't had the the chance to do that just because of the way this team is built. They've got a lot of guys in like in big roles already and he, the, he has the biggest role that's kind of on the table for him. So I wonder if you had another guy that either can play on the third line or bumps one of the second liners down to the third line. I really wonder how that would look.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I'm going to pivot here a little bit, Peter. One of my favorite pieces you've written this year um, was the piece on Bo and Byram and his recovery from uh, the concussions that unfortunately are dealing with him again. How how tough is it to write pieces like that, especially for such a kid who's so young, he's 20, maybe 21 years old and he's already dealing with all this stuff. How tough are those pieces to write?
0: They're really hard to write. I would, I mean, that's a kid who has been through way more than anyone should have to go through. I mean, I, I think that head injuries are really scary in general and with what we know about like, the long-term impacts of them, they have to be written about delicately. And so I, I definitely tried my best to do that with, with writing that story. And a lot of the story I actually had written and reported before his, um, his concussion he, he took against uh, Vancouver. So I, it was kind of kind of going back and changing little things and adding things. And, and it's definitely a, a really tough situation. And you just kind of like at hockey aside, like hope the best for him health wise. Cause it's, at this point, like, yeah, it's, it's bigger than hockey.
2: It's bigger than hockey. And I always, I have so much respect for the reporters in this aspect, because no one wants to ask that question about if Bo Byron, when he's coming back, but, but that's your job. You have to do it. Is, do you ever feel like asking questions like that can just be like, just so damn tough?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's certainly not easy to ask, but I also think that like you build up relationships with people over time and if you, I think that if you handle yourself well, sometimes even those tough questions, even if they're tough to ask, if there's mutual respect between you and the person you ask the questions to, I think it can, it can go a long way and make it a little easier for them to talk about it. And a little easier for you to feel comfortable asking those questions. Yeah. Couldn't agree more.
1: Yeah. And do you, do you feel that Bowen Byram, knowing what we know about him and his condition right now, do you see him coming back this season or is this going to be something that they just fully take their time with?
0: I honestly don't know.
1: I think, I don't think they know.
0: I don't think, I think it's all up in the air right now. I think that this is something that you certainly have to take the long view of in terms of his health. Um, And, and we'll, we'll kind of go from there, but yeah, I don't have much of an idea of, of his timeline. Um, From what I've heard from Jared Bednar, like, he doesn't have much of an idea of his timeline. I think it's all just kind of they're figuring, figuring it out and obviously we will take the time that, that they need to make sure it's healthy for him to, to return.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, Peter, we'll, we'll totally flip 180 here. I'm going to ask you a question that may get you a little bit of, a little bit of grief. I saw that you tweeted out of, uh, about that story about Kale McCarr and Paul Coffey and your uh, native St. Louisans were giving you some trouble about it. <laughs> have, we, uh, have we fully turned you into a Colorado Avalanche fan now? Or no,
0: <laughs> no. You kind of you you have to remove yourself when you're like riding on the team every right. day from being being kind of a fan of any of of anyone. I just was sharing this quote because obviously Paul Coffey is a pretty pretty that's a legacy player right there. And I thought that it was a good quote. And uh, yeah. yeah, St. Louis fans were were like Jordan Cairo won the fastest skater competition. Jordan Cairo might be faster than Kel McCartney. Paul Coffey did not say Jordan Cairo is faster than Kel McCarr. <laughs> and also I'm not going to use a skating competition with no puck. Uh, that's one lap around as any sort of like, <laughs> I guess, uh, way to, to, to decide if, if um, to decide about that.
2: Yeah. That cracked me up. It was just so funny that people think that you're, you were the one saying that even though it says in big quotes, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: it cracked me up. I can't believe Peter Voss said that Paul Coffey thinks this.
2: Yes. <laughs> so,
1: awesome. the, uh, it's the joys of the business sometimes. Peter, we know you're on a bit of a tight schedule here, so I wanted to to finish up with the the biggest question for any team this year is The Avalanche right now, we are the top team in the NHL. We are currently the favorites to win the Stanley Cup. That's without question. Who do you think is the biggest threat to the Avalanche in the Western Conference? Do you think it is Vegas or Minnesota, or is there another team that we aren't thinking of right now?
0: I think it's Vegas. I think if if I was to make tiers of the teams, I'd say it's Vegas and Colorado in the top tier, and then kind of another grouping of St. Louis, Calgary, Minnesota, Minnesota um and maybe another team with some deadline moves can can get into the mix there but i that's kind of how i view it i think vegas is has the top end talent and the depth to to be the best team in the league and as does colorado so i think those are the two best teams in the west
2: couldn't agree more and then jack eichel's coming back sounds like against the abs on uh that Tuesday game. So that'll be fun seeing the cap gymnastics for Vegas.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it might just be as simple as just putting Mark stone on LTIR until the playoffs. Cause we're going to be dealing with this situation again for the second year in a row. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. It'll be a ton of fun.
0: It'll be interesting.
1: All right. Well, Peter, we really do appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to come and join us uh, on this episode. Uh, you're always welcome back at any time and we wish you the best of luck for the rest of the season thank you so much i appreciate it no problem my friend we'll see you later all right hope you enjoyed that interview with peter ball of the athletic once again we want to thank him for taking the time to join us on the of it is podcast he is just genuinely so great to always have on so informative and i i always forget he's not even that much older than i am
2: no he's pretty young so it, it, it's cool to see uh, someone who's progressed their career so much at a young age. And uh, I think he's something we uh, we try to be with this podcast and hopefully as well-respected as he is eventually too.
1: Yeah, and I, I think he has a, a great future, obviously, in the industry. And we as Avalanche fans are are very lucky to have him this early on. And I wouldn't be surprised if we don't have him for very long because he's he's going to do some great stuff.
2: Yeah, 100%.
1: So he came oh. in and
2: had to replace some big shoes with Ryan leaving, and uh, he's done a very good job filling those shoes.
1: Yep, and just another outstanding interview with him. Again, thank you so much to him for coming on. But now we are going to move on to the two Avalanche victories, a a two, a three to two three-to-two victory over the Tampa Bay Lightning and a four-to-nothing victory over the Dallas Stars, which we did a watch-along for earlier today. Ton of fun. Thank you to everyone who joined us for that one again on the THPN YouTube. Why don't we start with that Dallas game since it's just, fresh in our mind. Uh, my impression of that game, best defensive game we've played all season, bar none, especially the third period.
2: Yeah, 100%. Um, that was very uh, reminiscent of the Abs from last year, and they did it against a Stars team that had been playing really well. Uh, I think they had won their past two on home ice, including an overtime victory over Winnipeg. Um, so Dallas was playing really good, and the Abs just came in there, and I, I, we joked about on the stream, I was not nervous for that game at all once we went up 2 nothing,
1: I just wasn't. Huh? No, I wasn't either. I mean, I wasn't comfortable at two to nothing. I mean, I, we were pushing the whole stream. It was like, okay, we got to make it three, nothing. If the stars score the next goal, it's going to be, it's going to, it's going to get pretty tight towards the end of the game. And we got both. We yeah. went up three, nothing granted late in the third, but we also never gave up the a goal at all. So this game was just outstanding through and through. I mean, you look at the second period, you look at the shots on goal, dallas had a ton of them we didn't have a ton you might look at that on paper and be like oh man dallas really took over i wouldn't really say that's the case dallas had three power plays i wouldn't say any of them were particularly dangerous and the avalanche really limited them to the outside i really can't name too many chances that the stars had even all game that were too much of a test for darcy who by the way another shutout
2: yeah that's true now for darcy kemper um the, the one chance I think that Dallas had was that like Rope hints mini breakaway that it wasn't even that great, yeah, but like I, that's,
1: that's pretty much it. Yeah, and like, even, even on that same breakaway, there wasn't really much he could do other than go to his backhand. Darcy read it perfectly. It wasn't even that big a problem.
2: Yeah, it wasn't. And he was just rock, rock solid. Um, the defense was really good. There were no really, I don't remember, like an odd man rush for Dallas, which has been kind of a plague for the Avalanche. They've been getting up a lot of odd man rushes these past couple of games, and there was none. There was absolutely zero this game, and the ABS were just rock solid defensively. Um, Kale McCarr was Kale McCarr. Um, that was fantastic. And we, we kind of buried the lead because it was just kind of non-consequential to the game. Nathan McKinnon returned, and he had a point in his first game back, um, but he looked like he didn't miss a beat at all when he was out there.
1: No, not even a little bit. He, he even said it after the game. He felt a lot better than he expected to in this game, and he looked like he was feeling real good in this one too. We were talking, we were talking during the second or third period, like McKinnon, just so much power in his skating. And you notice it when he's not there the game before, but when McKinnon passes a puck to Kale McCarr and you both just see how smooth they are with their skating. It's just like, what are you supposed to do to stop them? Our skating on this team is outrageous.
2: And there were. Plenty of displays on that. I think in the third period, there was a shift where no one else in the app zone touched it outside of McKinnon and my And they just did like laps in the oh, stars. And yeah. it felt like that's it what was I'm just, about. yeah, it was so simple. Um, and so beautiful to watch. And like, would you say that's probably the abs best all around game they've played so far this year?
1: Like all around. I'd say, I'd say it's definitely offensively. Dallas did a decent job at limiting some of our opportunities, but defensively obviously we were even better so defensively i have a hard time not putting this at number 1 i mean we had like we had some shutouts against arizonas or the world and some of the, some other teams that aren't the best but for this one this dallas is not bad i know they're yeah. fighting for a playoff spot they struggled earlier on the season they've been better lately i think they are going to get that second wild card and eventually be a playoff matchup for us in the first round so defensively at Absolutely. This has been our best game.
2: Yeah. I mean, goaltending and everything too. I, I thought it was the most complete game we've played all year. And in these past two games, the abs are, I wouldn't say they've won on luck. Like there were a couple games no. in January where they went on luck. They've straight up just won these games and a couple defensive lapses. We'll talk about in the Tampa Bay game. They, they dominated that Tampa Bay game and they, yeah. they dominated this game too. Um, The shots may show that it was a little bit closer. I didn't feel like it was that close. I feel like the abs did a fantastic job. Most of the star shots, like we mentioned, were it felt like from the point or outside the slot, like they weren't very high danger scoring chances. Yeah. Um, And I think back on what Raj said with Darcy Kemper having the lowest save percentage and low danger shots, that has to have gone up by now. Like he hasn't hasn't allowed a bad one in at least a month.
1: Yeah. I've been like shaking my head at like maybe the DeBrusque goal against Boston, but that was like three weeks ago now. Yeah, Maybe. Maybe that even. And we have to look at the power plays as well. We had one all game. We had one power play. And it, was it wasn't great. even a full power play. Yeah, it was an abbreviated power play. And I thought it was a damn good power play. We just didn't score on it. We did all of this at even strength and killing three penalties for Dallas. Like, you have to factor that into the shots as well. Dallas did not have any good opportunities on the power play.
2: No, I mean Val broke up one good chance that would have been an easy tap in goal, but outside
1: of that, you basically went,
2: I think it was like they had six minutes of penalty time and it was probably in like a nine minute span of game time. Yeah, it was all in
1: the second period. They let a lot go in this game.
2: Yeah. I mean, the refs were trying to get out of there just as much as the players were to get get home in time for I mean, the game.
1: They did not call a penalty in the first or third period. I mean, that's yeah. that's a little crazy.
2: Yeah, they just let him like, okay, let's speed it up here, which I respect because it we're the same way. We're trying to cram this podcast in before the game starts. So um Super Bowl, that is. Yeah, Super Bowl, excuse me, for those who didn't know, for those who may not be in America listening to us. Um but I I don't know, that game was just awesome. I, I wanted it, I wanted the Avs to have a dominant performance against a stars team that has had our number the past couple of years. Like yeah. we, we have not been able to beat the stars. Even though, like we talked on stream, the abs are significantly better in every area than the stars,
1: but we just can't beat them. Yeah. I mean, we look at the last couple of seasons. I don't remember the last time we beat Dallas outside of the playoffs. Like we look at that regular season leading up to the playoffs. It looked like I said this on stream. It looked like we were going to play Dallas in the first round, unless we were able to catch St. Louis for that top spot in the central, but St. Louis was really good in that regular season. It didn't look like that was going to be the case. And I remember either we played them three times or four times. We lost all of them. Yep, and then we go to the playoffs. We lost the first two and we were able to battle back down 3 1. Obviously, they won that series. I, I don't really remember the times we played them the season before, but it, it had been a while since we beat this team in the regular season. And not just that, to go into their building when they're playing, like the stars are not bad right now. They've been bad at a couple points this season, not right now. To go into their building and to put up a performance like that, it's incredibly impressive. And it's something else I said on the stream before we started, the stars are a mountain we have not climbed yet, just because we've only played them once. Now you've climbed that mountain again, going on the road to play them in Dallas. and Obviously, we're going to see them again on Tuesday when we play them at home. And maybe, well, who knows what that game is going to look like, but if you're going on the road and beating them that bad in Dallas, I can't imagine we're going to do worse at home, where we've been the best team in the NHL.
2: Yeah, it's it's it was really. I think that's just a confidence booster for that team, um, because even the one game we played them in this year, they beat us three one. We went down. Was it two nothing in the first two minutes of the
1: game? Yeah, and this looked like the opposite of that, where we go yeah. up two nothing early and shut them down. Yeah.
2: So this team is really good. I'm glad they conquered this hill um they'll get to do it again on Tuesday and I even have more confidence in that game now like after today's performance I like what is Dallas going to do different because they played a pretty strong defensive game like you I mentioned. didn't
1: I didn't think Dallas was bad in this game no. I thought I thought they played actually pretty well even yeah. offensively I thought they looked pretty well but defensively we just had them shut down the entire way. There wasn't anything they could do. So what kind of game plan could they make that's going to, especially going on the road to play in the toughest building in the league, which is a factual statement because it's true. Yeah. And w- like, what game plan are you going to draw up for that?
2: There is none. Like, it's just kind of got yeah, to hope and pray that Frantzosa isn't very good in net. Yeah, it's going to be Frankie on Tuesday.
1: Yeah, it's going to be Go Frankie because we're going to be playing Vegas the next night. And that's that's going to be a Darcy game way has been
2: playing lately. So.
1: It, could, it could also be the other way around as well because both of our goalies are perfectly capable of yeah. playing. Like we have all of a sudden imagine this exactly what we were saying right when Frankie got healthy you have two starting capable goalies and now no one's talking about Marc-André Fleury are they? Nope. This so team what, this yeah. Team's set. yeah. So why don't we why don't we take a moment since when Kemper struggled for two games, everyone was talking about Marc Andre Fleury. Now that he's been good for three straight weeks and almost a month straight, can we talk about how good he's been now and how we're not going to trade for a goalie? Because it seems like that conversation just kind of went away the second it wasn't interesting anymore.
2: Yeah, well, it's dead now because yeah. he's, now he's good. I, I still, I know wins aren't like the greatest stat in the world for goaltenders, but in Darcy's past 22 games, are like 19 1 and 3.
1: Yeah, that's pretty good i mean the the stat that peter tweeted after the game uh, ever since we went four five and one to start the season we are 33 and three that's ridiculous we have not gotten a point in three of 30 games that's crazy that, is, that does not happen guys we're wow. getting points in 90 percent of our games That's crazy that's dude. unbelievable and we're still doing it. We're playing Tampa Bay and Dallas, like Tampa Bay, the back-to-back Stanley Cup chance. We'll talk about that game in a few minutes, and a Dallas team that's given us a lot of trouble. And we beat them both in regulation, in in different ways. Because this team, they they don't just wit, we're not one-trick ponies. We can beat you however you want. We can grind
2: with you. We can we can speed skate with you. Or we can do whatever you need is to yeah. get the win. And you, that's if, what I think is different from this team. Compared to last year's team, last year's team, they, it was all speed and skill. I didn't feel like they had that grit this year. They definitely have the grit.
1: Absolutely. I mean, one, one guy in our chat brought this up as well. Jamie Ben takes a lot less liberties against us now, especially with Curtis McDermott here. Yeah.
2: He tried to fight Curtis in this game. He tried to to fight Curtis
1: McDermott. I'm not wasting my
2: time with you, bro.
1: Yeah. That's what you said on the stream is I has a very smart decision from Curtis McDermott. We're up two to nothing. I'm not giving you guys anything to build off of. I don't need to fight you. That's smart from a guy whose main job is fighting.
2: Yeah. His, his entire job is to fight.
1: Yeah, He he knows he'll kick Jamie Ben's ass. Everyone knows Jamie Ben would get tossed through the boards fighting Curtis McDermott. He doesn't need to prove that to anybody.
2: Yeah. And it was smart. And the stars got zero momentum of it. It made Jamie Ben look like a, like a little crybaby. The rest of the game, he was trying to fight everyone.
1: Oh, I don't think he needs any help with that.
2: Yeah, I mean, he can just miss open nets all the time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, this game was just—it was—it wasn't boring. I wouldn't say it was boring, but it was just a well-played hockey game for the Avs. They win for nothing, and it was just kind of like just usual. Like we've just gotten used to it now. That's yeah. not
1: my boring brand of hockey because there were still tons of chances. I thought Braden Holtby played a good game for the Stars.
0: Yeah. but like He made the, a couple
1: big saves. The Stars played well. It's not like we just went into Dallas and they didn't have it tonight. They very well could have beaten us if we played poorly, but we didn't. We played a damn near perfect defensive game and completely shut them down. Holtby was good. I thought the Pavelski and Robertson line was still really good for them. Merrill Heiskanen was still very good for them. They just couldn't do anything with it.
2: Nothing. And the Avs just took advantage of the opportunities they'd had and won the game. It, it's just becoming so normal for this team. I, I hate that it's becoming normal because we, like you said, we're 33 and three in our past 36 games. We need to appreciate how fucking great that is.
1: Yeah. It's been unbelievable.
2: It's unreal. And it just seems like so normal now for them to win. Like when they do lose, like they lost the coyotes. It was like, can this team win the Stanley cup? It's like, Oh wait, like they're going to lose games eventually. Right. but I want to appreciate just how fucking great this team has been. And it's been a joy to watch. Like I, I, I can remember, um, I I I still haven't witnessed a home loss since November because yeah. I I'd missed the the Arizona game. So it's just, it's unreal. Um it, it truly is Stanley Cup or bust for this team. And with the trade deadline coming up, we'll talk more about that when we get closer. But I think the Avs are gonna be big players in it. And even Joe Sakic said that in his press conference uh, that they're, they're going to be in on some big name players.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> also, I think we have to mention that my favorite moment of the stream that we did was uh, when your connection started to fritz out. Oh yeah. was two, nothing. And I was like, okay, well, why don't you leave real quick and I'll, I'll handle some of these comments while you're gone for 30 seconds. You leave five seconds later, I'll bake you bell makes it three, nothing. Like yeah. we, we could not, have timed it any better it was perfect
2: yeah it's just the way it goes for us
1: yeah i mean just the way it
2: was, it, goes. it was a ho-hum third period nothing was happening and then i leave for 30 seconds and i score yeah so, so that was pretty funny oh we almost missed this too dude because it's just so nonchalant nazim kadri set a new career high for points in today's game with his goal
1: yeah it was so. game 43 for him
2: yeah like uh, we're, we're talking he is he has just been unreal lately, and all year I take that back. He's just been unreal all year, and I'm really happy for him. It's a shame he's priced himself out of playing with the Abs next year, but I'm glad to be along for the ride in this final year.
1: Yeah, I mean, 62 points in 43 games. He's up. He's not even just up there. He's the guy. He's behind Drysaitl and Huberto. He's third in the league in points. Like, if you told me Nazem Kadri was going to have a resurgence this year. I would have said, oh, at this point in the season, is he a point per game? 43 points, maybe top three point score in the league. Where did this come from?
2: No one knows. And he, I do think it's time. We may have to consider he may win the art
1: rush trophy. He I, may, he might like, that's not even, we're more than halfway done the season. And he's still here. Like we, Like when we were talking about it in November, it was like, oh, wow. He's having a great little run. This is no run. This is just his season. He yeah. might do this.
2: That'd be awesome if he did, because who like, would have predicted that Nazem Kadri would win an Art Ross before Nathan McKinnon. <laughs> if they did,
1: they are a they're going to be a very rich man yeah. if they bet on Kadri winning the Art Ross. I mean, I don't. he probably wasn't even an option, dude. I probably wasn't. You probably had to have a, a bookie who was glad to take 20 bucks from you. Like, okay, yeah. I'll take that money for free. I'm not giving this back to you. <laughs> but like, he has a shot. Like, Drysdale, really dry and Huberdeau are ahead of them. But, like, if they ever miss time for any reason or, like, Drysdale and McDavid haven't been – they've been amazing. But they haven't been as good as I thought they were going to be this season. They've been been—they've
2: they been just kind of like normal hockey players.
1: Right. And Huberto has been great. But if Kadri keeps this up, if they drop off a little bit, he might do this. It's time to have the conversation. You're right. He might do this.
2: He might. And I would love to see it. He's going to play himself into a $7.5 million contract.
1: And I'm, I'm going to be happy when he gets it. Yeah. So we were, we were talking on stream. Like he's a perfect fit in Ottawa or Philly. He really that, is. That kind of snarl kind of player. And as much as we love to keep him, if he wins an Art Ross, th- like how do you possibly keep him? There's that? no chance. <laughs> like you, if you keep him, like it's going to cost you seven and a half to eight million for like five or six years. And get, is he going to repeat this next season? But what's not repeating it? Seventy-five percent of that—that's still like eighty points. Yeah, I. That's why
2: I think, man, he's he's picked a great year to have a con or a contract due, and a great year to have his best season yeah. to date.
1: And the the only thing left for him to do is to play the full playoffs.
2: Yeah, it's, don't, it's get, like, don't get suspended
1: because someone brought this up in our chat. Like, if he gets suspended in the playoffs again, he is probably going to cost himself millions of dollars.
2: Oh multi-million dollars like we're like, talking
1: to like an eight million dollar contract maybe going down to like five or six
2: yeah because no one wants to take that risk especially if you're a playoff yeah,
1: team exactly so, so but yeah. nazem kadri watch out you could win this art ross he might like he might that's not even like a bias thing he might actually do it it's crazy to think about hey everybody hope you've been enjoying this episode so far interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings sportsbook Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360-style windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. Just $1 on any team of your choice, any game of your choice, and you have the opportunity for $150 in free bets. Bets. and if DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet you can still take your shot at a big payday every day with DraftKings Daily Fantasy lineups, which is something that I personally do just about every day with the NHL everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest and if you're like me daily fantasy hockey contests. You can play for as little as a dime or for as much as you want. It's all up to you. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit as well. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See draftkings.com/sportsbook for details for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER-IN-TENNESSEE. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 887-9777 or visit ccpg.org chat. In New York, call 877-APE-HOPE-NY or call HOPE-NY-467-369. Now, back to the episode. A 4 nothing win over the Dallas Stars. Outstanding defensive performance. Like this one didn't even really feel that tense. I expected it to feel a lot more tense, but a game that did feel very tense was Tampa Bay coming out of the break, a nine day break. I, we really didn't know what to expect from this game. I think I predicted an OT win. you predicted a loss and they come out and they do what they did. They took an early two, nothing lead. Like they do against every good team.
2: Yeah. I mean, they, that first period the Abs played may have been their best period of hockey. Like, considering the opponent and the situation, I think at one point they were up like
1: 13 shots to zero. Yeah. And then they finished the period with 24 shots versus okay. Tampa Bay's 10 for, for perspective, the, the Washington capitals against the Montreal Canadians in 60 minutes had 23 shots. And in 20 minutes against the back-to-back Stanley cup champions, the avalanche had 24.
2: Yeah. That's crazy. Like In, in, that case, you're wondering,
1: in case you're wondering which team I'm supporting right now,
2: <laughs> that period, I if it wasn't for Vasilevsky, that score would have been
1: four nothing. No. Yeah, yeah, four nothing, five nothing, easily. Vas- because it's the best
2: goalie in the world, he yeah. he finds a way to make some saves.
1: Vasilevsky is just absolutely outstanding, and because Tampa Bay is so good, we couldn't get out of that period with a two nothing lead either. I mean Landeskog early on on the deflection makes it one nothing. Devon, Devon, Devon of Tate, the yeah, Devon Tays leading and Hodman rush. I mean that could have been a very risky play as well. Because they Tampa Bay had someone coming out of the box right away, but it doesn't matter because we scored on it. Yeah. And Devontae's pots his ninth of the year, casually with another assist, and it's it's two nothing six minutes into the game. Yeah, you.
2: I would have thought it like at some point I thought it was going to be a blowout, and boy oh boy did I look like an idiot saying the Abs were going to lose to the Lightning. Um, never doing that again. Um, but it was just a it was a great period. And then was it in the first period that the Lightning got there first? But yeah, sure oh, yeah. it was
1: that, halfway through the first.
2: That goal, like, I know it was against the Abs. That was one of the prettiest goals I think I've seen all year, just in the passing p- display. Like, that was yeah. a beautiful
1: goal. Nikita, Nikita Kucherov on the feed from Braden Point, who was outstanding in this game. I mean, I can't even really point to anything we did particularly wrong on this play. No. Like, it was just <laughs> G. a, G. a, it was a beautiful play from man. Like, it was just a beautiful play from one of the best duos in the NHL. Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov have very few equals. A lot of them are on the abs. But outside of the abs, there are very few equals to a Kucherov and point line.
2: Yeah, and it was a two-on-one. I mean, that move Kucherov put on J.T. Confer was disgusting.
1: Right. It's Kucherov um, point back to Kucherov. Like, it's picture-perfect passing. You nothing you Darcy do can do. Better. No, nothing.
2: Nothing. My The only gripe I have with Jared Bednar... And I don't know if you notice this too, whenever we are on home ice, I feel like he just doesn't play the matchups right. Sometimes. Like how does that happen where their first line gets out against your third pair and third line forwards? Like, I don't know how that happens. Sometimes I feel like it happens more um, at home later on in the game. It got a lot better. Like, I don't think after, after the second period, I don't think point or Kucherov was out there, not against Taves or McCarr, but I feel like that happens a little bit in games. And that's literally my only gripe with Jared Bednar,
1: my only one. Yeah, I feel like maybe he's trying to match the like the comfort line with Kucherov line because he thinks it's better defensively. I mean, sometimes it doesn't matter who you put out there against Kucherov yeah, and point. Like they ju- they make everybody look stupid. I mean, they made the Islanders look stupid in the playoffs several times. The Islanders. Yeah, that's true. Last year's Islanders teams were defensive carnage.
2: It's true. I just I don't know. I, the, like I said, that's my only gripe with Jared Bednar. My he, only gripe. Other than that, he's been picture perfect as a coach. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was 2 1 after the first period. You would have liked it to be 2 0, but I mean, it, it happens sometimes. Yeah, you're, like, you're
1: playing one of the best teams in the NHL and the defending back to back champs. The fact that you scored two on them in the first six minutes and only gave up one is outstanding. And the fact that you put 24 shots on them Tampa is a very, very good defensive team. You put 24 shots on them. Like at a certain point, that's Vasilevsky standing on his head.
2: Yeah, he did. He made some unreal saves in this game. And he just showed why he's the best goalie in the world. Uh, I was a little shocked. I was at the game. A lot more Tampa Bay fans than I thought there would be. Granted, there's a lot of the fair weather fans who are just becoming Tampa Bay Lightning fans. But there were a lot more than I thought there were going to be. I'm going to be honest with you.
1: Well, it's, it's like I said after the Boston game. Colorado is an amazing place to go watch a game. You have the best team in the NHL one of the best arenas and one of the most beautiful cities in the country. If you're going to plan a road trip, it's us. It's, it's like that for just about every team. I feel like a lot of people complain like, oh, we get taken over way too easily. That's just what it is. We're, we're an amazing place to go watch a hockey game. And for Tampa Bay fans, I mean, it's like you said, a lot of them fair weather and a lot of them just on board because they've won the last two Stanley Cups. Like, there's a lot of Tampa Bay fans all over the country like i've noticed that at caps games where i've been to, to lightning games in the past there's a lot of them there and it's it's like i say after every time it seems like we get invaded by like boston or toronto like less, less or so for this game with tampa but like we have one of the most beautiful arenas in the world one of the most beautiful cities in the world and it doesn't hurt that we have the most entertaining team to watch like of, of course people are going to come here
2: yeah it's true but it was it, I've been to a lot of lightning games in the past that was the first time I'd actually like you could actually hear them
1: yeah well they're bit. well they're bold now because they've won
2: yeah they've won two so but uh yeah I mean it was we go into the second period uh another strong period from the apps I feel like in that game yeah like, they, they played really well um Nikki, or Nikita Kucherov. uh Val- wow I'm just struggling now Valeri- Valeri- the yeah, scored his thirteenth goal of the year. Wow, that was that was a brain fart a brain for it right there, man. Um, he scored. Abs go up three one. You're feeling good. Yeah, I mean, and that let's goal also by not, Val was, let's
1: also not forget Berkey taking that hit to make oh, that play. And he Val, had to. Yeah, and Val making them pay on the odd man rush. I mean that that that's taking advantage of a mistake. That's what a lot of teams have done to us in the past. Now we're the team doing it.
2: Yeah, I can't believe Berkey took that hit. That was a big hit. Was it Ruda who hit him?
1: Cal Foot. Cal Foot. Yeah, I mean he
2: he took a shot and Val, I mean what a confident play by him. He has a two on one and shoots it. He, he shoots it and he beats the he, best goalie in the cold. world. He's got yeah. thirteen goals. Yeah, he beats the best goalie in the world on a shot. <laughs> it was just unreal, dude. Like I, I was shocked when it. I mean, I'm not gonna say shocked. Like Val's been playing well all year, but he's not known for a shot. No, but, and that was a beautiful shot.
1: It do, it doesn't hurt that he's shooting sixteen percent this season. That helps. Yeah, and he's he's one away from his career high, which was his rookie season in Dallas. But since coming to Colorado, he's tied his high here, which was thirteen goals in a sixty-five game season for his first season here. He has thirteen goals in twenty-nine games right now. Unbelievable. That's, that's pretty good. Like <laughs> we're like we're talking like he's gonna hit twenty-five in his sleep. Yeah, he should.
2: If his shooting percentage stays that way too, he, he'll, he'll get to 25. Absolutely. And a, a guy, we talked about Berkey. He's played really well. He's going to start scoring goals here again, but I haven't had a gripe with how Berkey's played. No, he's going to start haven't. Scoring
1: I there. haven't either. He's playing well. He's coming close. It's just, the, it's just what he is. He's a hot and cold kind of player. That's what he always has been. It's what he's always going to be. And he's, there's going to be, a two week stretch where he scores like seven goals. That's what he does. Okay it's yeah. coming up soon. And when we get, to, when we get to a, a playoff game where our season's on the line in a game six or a game seven, he's going to score a goal in that one too. We, we always forget about that. That's what he does.
2: Yeah. He he's Mr. Game six and game seven. Yeah, he, he always
1: game. scores. Mr. Elimination game.
2: He always scores. So I think he's, he's humming. He'll get going here. Um, a player who was not playing well uh, and yeah. actually got benched in the Stars game. Uh, Ryan Murray struggled in this game.
1: Yeah, i feel, uh, I feel like both goals could kind of be put on yeah. his shoulders. Yeah. Like the, he just the, did not play well today. He did not have a good game. the The second
2: goal for the Lightning uh, was a big brain fart by Ryan Murray. Um, he just lets Braden Point walk right behind him, easy breakaway. No one's catching Braden point on this team. Maybe Kale McCarr, maybe, but especially
1: no the head start.
2: Yeah. No one's catching him. Uh, he makes a disgusting move, beats Darcy top shelf. Uh, it's three, two. I mean, Ryan Murray, we've
1: talked about him. He's been out a lot. He's probably played what, maybe 15 games this year, maybe around that. Yeah. Due to injuries. And he's been fine when he yeah. played, he hasn't been anything special, but it's a game like that where you're like, well, why don't we just have McDermott in instead?
2: Yeah. Because at least at least McDermott can offer something physically,
1: right? Imagine so, imagine we said that sentence in November.
2: Yeah, we would have laughed at ourselves.
1: But uh, yeah, I mean
2: Ryan Murray struggled. I, I do still think he's a capable defenseman if he's healthy. But I do agree with Bednar sitting him for this past game against the Stars. Like you're not safe in the you, you're not a for sure top six defenseman on this team. So if you struggle, they're going to put someone else in, right? Especially if you have McDermott who's been playing well. Right. So. Right. I, I don't hate it. He struggled. Uh, basically, gave the Lightning that goal it was three two. Um, we go into the third period. Well, let's that not forget period.
1: before we get to the end of the second period, the review on. Oh yeah, Bennett I did. On that one. Goal. What did you think? Did you did you think this was over the line? Do you think this should have counted?
2: No, no I did not think it was over the line. I'm surprised it took him as long to review it. There was no camera angle that showed me that it was over the net. And yeah, every yeah. camera angle they showed me, it looked like. Uh Vasilevsky got the puck before it crossed the line
1: yeah it was it's interesting with the camera angles because I feel like you can make the argument that that puck crossed the line there's just no evidence of it and but, I I have no problem with the call if the role was reversed we would say absolutely not that's no goal like th- this this wasn't like the the Kapokakkanen thing against Minnesota where like his entire back foot is in the net and then the puck comes out of his skates afterwards. Like at that point, like you can definitively say that puck was in the net with this one, the cameras covering the glove to say that puck is in the net is subjective. You're guessing at that point. So you can't call, you can't overturn the call on the ice, which was that it wasn't in. Yeah. So there was have, no
2: camera angle that showed me that that goal went in. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I I was shocked that it even took that long to review.
1: Yeah. So I, I have no problem with the call. Like if, if I have no problem with it, I am, I am Mr. Complainer. If I yeah. have no problem with it, then there's real there was nothing to it.
2: Yeah, there was nothing to it. And I forget which game I was watching last night. They had like an overhead view camera on the net. I don't know why they don't have that for every game.
1: Yeah. Like, I don't get, I don't get that. Either. I mean, they had that for, for Dallas today. For yeah. The, that, the was it that today all, that they showed it? Yeah, the one that almost went, or is that the one you're talking about? Because that the one that almost went in on Darcy that was clearly not over the line, but you could definitively tell that it wasn't over the line. And it was a super quick review. It took yeah. maybe 30 seconds. Yeah, it was it was sitting on the line. It was not over the line. It was not a goal. Like, why don't why don't we do that all the time? Like I guess they did for Tampa, but his glove was still covering it. Yeah. There I needs, just there needs to be something in the puck that tells you if it's completely over the line or not.
2: That would make a lot of sense. I know they keep sensors in the puck now. Why don't they just do that for like have that goal light, whenever the goal light goes off, you know that it fully, like it crossed the line.
1: Yeah, like I, like I don't know how any of this works, but like could you have like some kind of like infrared somehow or like you have something in the puck somehow? Well, like, I mean, they do it with soccer. With yeah, VAR. Like, like that's what I mean. Like you got to have some, because like with parallax angles and everything, like even on them, you, you still can't definitively say the puck is in the net. Like there's got to be some kind of technology to make this easier. Yeah, hundred percent.
2: I, I would look forward to seeing it in the next couple of years, but uh, if ever, yeah, I forgot about that play. I forgot the they. Yeah, it is the NHL. It'll be like fifteen years, and we'll get it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> once we once we have a new commissioner, maybe.
2: Yeah, maybe. But uh, now, now we'll move on. To third period. This was a entertaining third period of hockey. It was same intense. There were for us zero goals scored in third period. That was a very entertaining period.
1: Yeah, I mean Tampa Bay had their chances, and we had ours, and we we held them off pretty much for the most part. Like, much like the much like the Stars game, very strong defensively and answering the bell.
2: Yeah, it was a very strong. I mean, Ryan Murray I thought played better in the third period. He was only out there for like a couple minutes, but he played well. Kale McCarr and Devon Taves logged huge minutes as usual, and the fact that Jack Johnson and Samuel Gerard have made such a good pairing is a little shocking to me, but they work really well together.
1: Yeah, I, they've found some sort of chemistry here in the last couple of weeks. It's, it's been working pretty well for the most part.
2: Yeah, I mean, Sam Girard continues to just be rock solid, never too high, never too low.
1: Um, and, and Jack Johnson's just been inoffensive.
2: Yeah. Which is, all, which is
1: all I ever wanted from him. Yeah.
2: I mean, I don't think any of us anticipate him being a top four defenseman for us, but no. he's done it pretty well so far. And I I don't know. I mean, that, that third period, I mean, you'd love to have Bo Byram out there. You'd love to have Bo Byram out there, but that's just not the case right now. Um, so Jack Johnson's been good. Like, I'm trying to remember, did the, did Darcy make any crazy good saves in that?
1: Third yeah, I would just, I would just say that he's been as he has been for the last couple of weeks, just damn I'd say this was one of his best games of the season, honestly,
2: oh, like, even,
1: even better than some of his shutouts because Tampa Bay, like they put up a ton of shots in this game too. They had 38 in this. And a lot of them, I'd say we're, were kind of dangerous as well. And Darcy finishes with a 947. He shut the door in the third period. I mean, he, he out-dueled Andre Vasilevsky. Straight up head-to-head, he beat him. That's what you need in the playoffs. And a period like this is what wins you games in the playoffs. I mean, you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig up a wound here. But you look at the Vegas series last year. You can argue we were two saves away from sweeping the Golden Knights last year. If if Grubauer makes an extra couple saves in game three and in game four or even in game five at that point, we win that series. And we're moving on to face Montreal in the third round. And who knows what would have happened with that? We're talking maybe we go on and play Tampa in the Stanley Cup final. That period from your goaltender is the margin, razor thin margin between winning and losing when you get a clash of the Titans like this, because this is two of the best teams in the NHL. And in my opinion, what is going to be the Stanley Cup final this year between Tampa Bay and Colorado? When teams like this meet, that's what you need from your goaltending. That is what I have wanted from Darcy Kemper all season long. It's what we've gotten over the last couple of weeks. That's all we need just to give us a chance. And that's exactly what he did. And more than a chance, he took it from them.
2: Yeah, 940, what'd you say, 945? What he finished
1: at? I just closed it, 947.
2: Yeah, 947, that's crazy, dude. Against Tampa. Yeah, against a really good Tampa team. That was probably the healthiest they've been in a long yeah,
1: time. Yeah, I, sa- I said that coming into this game. They have Kucherov back, they have Point back, they have Stamkos, they have Hedman. And we, we ignore this too, but Pierre-Edward Belmar returned to Colorado for this one as well. Like they were totally healthy this game and we weren't. There was yeah, we no Nathan McKinnon. And we beat him. And we beat and- him. Fair and square, straight up.
2: Fair and square. That third, I, I think it was the final because th- Tampa pulled their goalie early. Mm-hmm. I think it was like probably like two or it was 333. I remember it specifically. And the top line of Kadri, Ranton, Landeskog, McCarr, or Taves and Johnson was out there for probably three straight minutes. And that was some of the best defensive hockey with your goal pole or with you know, the opposing team's goalie pulled that I've seen all year. Like yeah, that was yeah. beautiful to watch Eric Johnson's laying out, blocking shots. I mean, the lightning had the puck in the ab zone. It felt like the entire time, those final three minutes. Yeah, and 30 they years
1: essentially years. did. I mean, the only time they didn't is when we almost scored in the empty net, but like the final two minutes of that game was just purely killing in our own zone. And they were fucking exhausted at that yeah. the game. They and were like, exhausted. That was a gutsy, gutsy win to pull that one out like that to outskill them and to hold them off. It's, it's like I said about the Dallas game we're winning in just about every way imaginable. And that those final two minutes combined with the kind of performance you got from Darcy Kemper. That's what wins you games in the playoffs. When you get to the second round and you're playing Minnesota or Vegas, that's what wins you games. You're up three, one, they make it three, two in the second, and you hold them off for entire half of the game. You know, obviously you wanted that fourth goal, but you're not always going to get it against the elite goaltenders like the Vasilevskis of the world. That is what's going to win you games like that in the playoffs. This was, this is honestly one of my favorite games of the season. I've said that a lot lately, but because like the comeback win against Toronto and the comeback win against Boston, those were a ton of fun. This genuinely felt like a team that has learned a lot of its lessons and applied that here in a game where they're missing their best player, and against a team that is not only healthy, but again, one of the best teams in the NHL and has been there time and time again and was trying very hard to win this game. They wanted oh, yeah. to beat us. It was, it was a great game. I, I loved it. It was even better. The Avs won. I think if they
2: would have lost that game, I would have been proud of the effort still.
1: Yeah, like, like if, if Tampa Bay tied it and won an OT, I think we'd come on here disappointed because like you obviously want to win that game. And you want to beat the best teams in the league, but we wouldn't be upset because we played damn hard. It, it felt like for the first time we were not the team with the target on our back. It felt like we wanted to go after Tampa and beat them rather than the other way around for once. Yeah.
2: And we beaten them in back to I mean, we, we, swept we, swept them. Them.
1: we swept them. We swept them. We swept the back-to-back champs. Crazy. And, uh, and you look at the elite teams in the East that have come to ball arena over the last two months. You look at New York beat them florida beat them toronto beat them boston beat them tampa bay beat them i'm sure i'm even missing one in there but we've beaten all of these teams that have come to our house all the all the teams that we have been ranting about over in the east like oh man what a bunch of killers over in the east we've beaten almost all of them like what's next carolina bring them in pittsburgh yeah. bring them on washington they suck now bring them in i think those are the last three yeah that
2: haven't come to ball arena yet That's i mean if you ton- look at if you look at Detroit, I mean they're ninth in the east. They're they're playing better hockey. Beat them. Um, that game against Detroit, I think, is gonna be a little bit more intense than we're thinking. That could be a trap game.
1: It could be for Just sure. It's in that. it's in Detroit.
2: Yeah, that, that could be that could be a trap game. I'm I'm keeping my eye on that one because Detroit <laughs> is playing better hockey. So um but yeah, man, I have nothing else on that Tampa Bay game. Just that was a beautiful game. Yeah. It was really fun to watch, and the Avs won.
1: Yeah, I mean how much more can you really say about this team? Like they're winning games, however you want them to, however teams want to play us. We've done it better than they have. Tampa Bay, they want to come in. Like we, we played a very Tampa Bay-esque game the way they do in the playoffs. We beat them at it. Dallas, they want to play a defensive grinding style hockey. Cool, we'll take the early lead on you. And now you have to come back on us and we'll shut you down the rest of the way. And I am so excited for this Vegas game. I know, I know, we're awesome. on the, I know we're on the second half of a back to back, but Vegas will be too. If we can win both these games against Dallas on Tuesday and Vegas, what's left? Yeah. What is left for us to do? It's much it. And we're pretty much going to like, yeah. especially if we beat Vegas twice this month in Vegas. Like, I don't know what's left for us to do in the regular season. I don't Not much. like Not you, much. Got, you got, you got your Carolinas and Calgary's that you still haven't played and have to beat your Pittsburgh's your Edmonton's, but like these Vegas games, I, I have a lot riding them for how much I believe in this team. And I fully believe in this team right now, obviously if we win both of those, what is left to do? I don't know. I don't know either, man. <laughs> I really don't. Like, we'll have to
2: see. We'll have to see. But, uh, I can't wait for that game. We're going to do another live stream for that Vegas game. Make sure you come hang out with us. Um, I, I I can't wait. I really can't wait. It's going to be a fun week of hockey again. Like I said that last week, it's just so nice to talk about actual results of games and not practice, mm-hmm. but we'll have another full week of coverage coming for you this week. And I can't yeah. wait.
1: It's also nice to play real teams. Yeah. Like the actual teams like Tampa Bay and Dallas and Vegas, Like no, like no offense to, well, some, but like Arizona and, Anaheim, like just not Montreal, Montreal, not that interesting. Yeah. These
2: ones are going to be fun. Must watch TV. So
1: I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait either. And unless you've got something else, I think we're good for today.
2: We'll do real quick uh, Super Bowl predictions. So we look dumb when you listen to this on Monday. Oh yeah.
1: Actually, that's a great idea actually, because we'll release this after the game is over. So So one of us, we look really smart. Um,
2: I'm going to pick the ah, screw it. I'm going Bengals. Bengals win. I, I know they probably won't, but I'm going Bengals. What's your score? Uh, I'm going to go uh, 27-24
1: Bengals. Mm, interesting. Nick Pearson
2: hits a 50-yarder for the win.
1: See, I want the Bang. even though I'm a Ravens fan, I want the Bengals to win because I love Joe Burrow, but my head's telling me that offensive line's not going to hold up against Aaron Donald and Von Miller at the end of the day. I think it's going to be an amazing game. I think it goes to overtime even. I think Matthew Stafford and the Rams win at 30, 24. Fair enough. I want the Bengals to win. Let me make that clear. I want them to win, even though they're one of my rivals. I want them to win because Joe Burrow is awesome. But the the Rams, better all around the Bengals, I think they need to work on that offensive line in the offseason. And I think they're going to get kind of beat up. I mean, Burrow is the most sacked quarterback in the league. Yeah, he is.
2: I mean, it's to be expected. So one of us is either going to look really smart, or we're both going to look really dumb, which is definitely... Yeah, well, we're, we're both
1: we're, we're going to look dumb when the Rams win like 31-7. to 7. Yeah, we'll see. But
2: uh, yeah, I got nothing else, man. Let's wrap yeah, this
1: up. I got now. nothing else. Happy Super Bowl Sunday or a post-Super Bowl Sunday to everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on this edition of the Abs It Is podcast. Be sure to join us on Wednesday night for our live stream as we head to the Fortress to play the Vegas Golden Knights. But that's going to do it for us on this edition of the Teledabs It Is podcast Thank you so much once again for joining us. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay, and you can follow the show at Tell It As It Is. We've got some more stuff coming here in the coming days, but that's it for us for now. Uh, we'll see you next time after we play Dallas and Vegas, and enjoy the rest of your week.